0: What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I just wanted to welcome you to this week's episode of The Art of Let It Go. While I have your attention, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Also, leave a comment, let people know what you think. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'm always trying to be better and do better. Also, check the bio, the description of this podcast, just released some new merch. Um, if you would like to support the show, you could buy merch, you could subscribe on Patreon, you could share with people. All that helps. Thank you. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, I'm really inspired by just all the stuff that I see you doing. Like, it's really cool to see Thank you. somebody, like, living out their dream. Thank you. So... Would you mind introducing yourself to the people? Uh, hi,
1: the people. <laughs> my name is, uh, well, I go by Yanni Blue, uh, but y'all can call me Johnny as well. Um, so yeah, that's who I am, singer-songwriter from New York. Yeah. That's what's up. How you feeling today? I'm actually really happy. This is my first time outside today. No, no, no. I walked my dog. But this is my first time outside to not walk the dog, so it
0: feels good. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Uh, we was talking a little earlier you know, just about like creating and yeah, like I said, just living living out your dream and you do music. And mm-hmm. did you start? Did you start as a writer? Or did you start like singing?
1: Um, I, I think it was kind of both. Yeah. Um, I started taking music serious when I started writing, but yeah. I was always singing. I was That's always what's up. singing. And I started writing at like thirteen, so it was all really early. So it's all just kind of always been a part of my life
0: yeah um when did you take that step to like really pursue it and and know that this is what you wanted to do
1: um there was a couple couple of steps I feel like kind of shifted me in the right direction the first was going to school for sure I was of the mind of somebody who was going to discover me or yeah. like I had to go on a show or put something online and I spent a long time living that fantasy and then one day I was like oh I can go to school and be practical Yeah, um, I decided to go get my degree in in, um, uh, recording audio engineering stuff And um, that kind of sent me on a spiral And then that was right around 21 And then at 25 was when I decided to move to L.A. to pursue songwriting And things really took off there
0: Man, um, like how, because I mean at least I don't know anybody that that comes to LA and just like just jumps in it so it's like how did you how did you even get in into it you know what I mean like as far as like doing it professionally, professionally. In a
1: sense. um so my producer actually uh he jokes that I skipped the line yeah let's just say like I skipped the line and what he means by that is I I spent a long time in New York networking and trying to figure things out I didn't realize that New York was kind of a dead zone yeah as far as like the way that i can work out here i was never never able to work in new york i did a lot of the moving around going to studios putting myself out there but it just wasn't clicking and then i met my former manager who um literally just heard was in another room when i was cutting a demo and heard it and ran in and was like who is that and it was like i need that song and then came back in the room was like yo my boy in la wants to work with you wow so you know i skipped the line so to speak because i got out here and had had somebody to work with as soon as i got here but that was off the back of 10 years of like hustling in New York and trying to figure it out. Um, so I got here and shout out to my producer, Sean Hamilton. Um, he just gave me a shot. Like, you know, we just started getting in and working and the opportunity started coming.
0: Man. Yeah. And that's, that's dope to me. Cause like I was telling you earlier, i feeling like education just may not be for me. And I'm getting to that place of wanting to take that step out. And, uh, it's scary to to like truly believe in yourself in that way. So I'm curious to know like like how do you how did you get to that place of like really trusting like I'm doing the right thing?
1: Yeah. Um well first of all, you're gonna be alright. Yeah. You're yeah, I incredible that. shit. <laughs> and um honestly what you're doing right now is part of doing the work. I think it really is about um educating yourself and preparing yourself and like the steps that I took, I had a full-time job yeah. in New York. I was still living at home, but I had a full-time job. I was in a relationship. I thought that my life was kind of set and I, you know, I had a little extra money. So I started taking trips. I went to Miami and, um, a friend of mine had recommended, uh, this book called the artist way. you ever read the artist okay, way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually was doing some workshops, uh, teaching the artist way. Okay.
1: So <laughs> the artist way, so I'm on the beach and, um, I was listening to the Beatles. I was listening to, uh, Fixing a Hole, which is about you trying to get your shit together. Yeah. And I'm reading The artist Way, and I was like, oh, I need to quit my job.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I literally got
1: back to New York, and I quit, and I had no plans. I, I just walked in, and I was like, hey, I can't do this no more, and um, went right back to school and just started pounding the pavement again, and I just kept reading and kept researching, and I just really believe in manifesting and being really clear on what you want. Yeah. you know, So, like, for example, like with you right now, like, you know, if you're trying to leave – Obviously, you have projects you're trying to finish. Like, being really clear on what your intentions are yeah, makes all the difference. Because then there's no fear. I think the fear comes from just not knowing what you're going to do. Yeah. If you got a plan, there's no
0: nothing to be scared of. Right. No, you're right. You're right. And I guess, for me, sometimes that plan almost felt, like, too big for me. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, 100%.
1: Yeah. 100%. I, I get criticized sometimes for um being too practical but yeah. i have to be because when it was a big audacious dream it terrified me yeah because like how fuck am i and especially when you when you want to do something in the creative space our only examples are the, the big examples right yeah so if you want to be a rapper you don't want to be fucking joe blow down the street you want to be jay-z right that's, yeah that's intimidating yeah so it's like how do you put that into bite sizes for yourself to be able to process as you're going through the journey. And that's really, I just take it one day at a time. Like, I'm not going to focus on the biggest thing. I'm going to take every little step, you know, work on the things I need to work on. And the time goes by so fast. You look up and you end up getting to exactly where you want it to go. Yeah. But it's just how you envision it. Like, I'm a small picture person. I can't think big. I get very aggressed. Mm. I won't leave the house. I'm like, it's too much. I can't do this. Yeah. So that's really has been what's helped me.
0: Do you write things out? Like, when you... When you want to do something, like, do you write out your goals or, like, how, how do you how do you know what you want to do?
1: I've started, um, I bought a whiteboard, and I keep a journal and the notes on my phone, and I'm constantly writing down what I want and, and being very, very clear and very intentional and even down to the time frame. Sometimes yeah. the time frames can be scary, too, but it just, it gives you, it gives you some kind of accountability, and I think that's really what a lot of people lack when pursuing their dreams is accountability and i'm not the best at it at all that's why i can talk about it because i'm terrible at holding myself accountable but yeah i just write it down i write it down and it was scary the amount of things i did my first year here that i had wanted to do but i just had no fear but i had had to work myself up to that point like that was coming off the back of like i had stopped doing music for a year just to be able to yo-yo back and be like oh i'm gonna go 100% now and go and pursue this
0: yeah and as i hear you say that like I think my fear has just been tied into, like, everything that I've done. And working myself in a place out of fear Mm -hmm. is probably what got me here today. I think that's why I feel good about everything I'm feeling today. But, man, I would say, like, the sexuality shit Mm -hmm. was a mind fuck for me. And it affected so many other Spaces of my life almost still to this day. I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of chipping away at it and I'm and I'm a lot further than I've ever been. But, you know, that that fear of fuck, I don't even really know what the fucking fear was. You know what I mean? Like, when I think back at it... Rejection. I really don't even know, yeah. It's rejection, I think. A part of it's shame. Yeah. A lot of that with sexuality
1: is rooted in rejection, is rooted in shame. It's also rooted in... We have to remember, we, we're trying to operate in an industry that's historically homophobic. True, um, true. Urban music in particular. Yeah. Which is crazy because music and arts in general have always been influenced by queer culture, but urban music in particular, hip-hop and R&B is... Is, is inherently homophobic. Like the year I, f- I started making music was also the year I found out I was gay, and the biggest artist that year was Usher. And the worst thing oh, you could have wow. called Usher was gay. Yeah. So imagine like the things that I'm, how my brain is siphoning all these things of like I, I'm doing this thing that I love, but now I'm realizing the kind of person I am, but now the worst thing that I can do, yeah, w- the you know the worst thing I can be is 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 who I am while I'm pursuing music. Like it was the biggest mind fuck.
0: Yeah. Um, do you feel like? you get to be your full self in your music? I'm learning. So,
1: so backstory on me. So I definitely um I went through the whole thing of just being closeted. Actually, my whole music career in New York, I was closeted. Um, I basically lived a double life, you know, being in these studios as a songwriter, as an artist, as an engineer, um, navigating cis spaces, straight spaces, and then being queer in my personal life. Um, so moving here to L.A., I moved here with my partner And honestly, it really forced me to be myself because there was no excuse. It's like, it's just me and him. I can't omit this person from my life. So and I guess I was kind of lucky that I had not kind of I was definitely lucky that I had someone to kind of lean on. Um, And I also was just tired of hiding. So I I was very bold and making sure that when I got out here, I was very clear about who I was. Yeah. So the point where maybe sometimes it was annoying was like, hi, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I needed to do that to assert myself. Um, and as a songwriter, a lot of times it doesn't really matter what your sexuality is because you're talking for other people. But as an artist, it has been liberating to start to put pronouns in my music and really That's dope. influence it with my with with queer culture. Um, I never thought I'd be able to do that. Yeah. So it's, it's liberating, but it's, it's scary sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, am I doing too much? And other times I'm like, this is who I am. Like, yeah. You know, you you still wrestle with it.
0: That's what's up, man. That's really dope to hear. What, uh What was your
1: experience like cuz I know you, you said you came as out far here in as 2010. Making music or with, dealing with your sexuality while making music?
0: Um, dealing with my sexuality yeah. while making music. Um I think music was my safe space to express those things that I wasn't able to really put into words, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I didn't feel like I really had anybody to talk to uh just because I didn't know no gay people Like just Growing up I mean The the most gay people I saw were on TV Uh You know what I'm saying And that is Some design That somebody (laughs) With some money Created as the idea Of what You know it means To be both black And gay Yeah Yeah so And I didn't I didn't connect to that Same I didn't connect to that So for a long time I really lived in denial Of even Being gay Because it was like I play sports, I'm masculine. So how can I be gay when that's that's what gay is on TV? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't make sense to me because nobody I don't think anybody knew how to explain that at that time. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? We had no so, examples. Yeah, and it wasn't until I moved to LA, till I started meeting like these really masculine men that were gay and and it hit me and it was like fuck. You know. <laughs> It it really sent me into a depression, oh, um, man. just because I I accepted the reality of like oh man you gay like you've been liking dudes forever you like because I really in my mind thought oh I'm gonna outgrow this or some shit like that. So you got here? I got still here. In still, yes. I don't know. I don't like the so. word
1: denial, but still
0: sort but of yeah, yeah. Still still figuring it out. Um.
1: Oh man. And you're navigating these music spaces that are yeah. inherently like.
0: Hyper mask. Man, I... Homophobic. I won't even put the experience <laughs> on here, but I had an experience where, like, you know... Fuck it. I don't care. Shit. I'm, right. I'm here. It's your pod. Um, man, I was interning for a record label. Okay. And they paid two strippers to have sex with me. Oh, and shit. I had Knowing zero or they interest. didn't no, know? I don't think they knew. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew. But uh yeah, it was it was quite traumatic. Oh my god. <laughs> Cause I was like, what the fuck? Like this this was I mean, I'm sure like anybody that would be attracted to that probably no, of would course. Be into it, but for me it was like, Oh no. But that that's the experience though. Yeah. A lot of people
1: don't realize a lot some of your favorite artists and maybe you were of age, but some some of our favorite male artists experienced those kind of experiences in their teens. Yeah. Like basically getting like their manhood sort of thrown at them and not even prepared for it sexually. Yeah, yeah, And especially for you as a gay man. So, like, did that experience snap you out of it or you still had Um, time after that where you were like, "Uh uh-uh? I
0: I knew I wasn't interested. uh, But I was, like I said, I was messing with guys, but I I just thought it was something I would outgrow. Oh, right. But being in that space, it it made me feel like I had to act more quote-unquote masculine or quote-unquote straight. A hundred percent, yeah. And yeah it just that wasn't it but going back to the music and and in correlation to that um yeah i think a lot of my music used to sound really sad yeah and uh i would do it and i don't know if i would all the way necessarily enjoy it it was good like looking back and i listened to some of my older stuff like it's almost like looking at pictures Mm -hmm. and um i could tell where i was at and what i was feeling and like when i came out I felt, like I said, music has always been a space for me to express myself. Mm -hmm. My music started feeling brighter, and it made me really uncomfortable because I wasn't used to making music that felt, quote-unquote, good.
1: Right. No, I I relate with that because, I mean, I I started off in an R&B group, so that's like the worst of it. I'm singing about women. Then I went from there to just being a songwriter and doing hooks about things that I knew nothing about or didn't care about. And it sucks because I there were some incredible people in my life at that time as far as collaborators. Yeah. Uh, that I just wasn't able to connect with because I wasn't being authentic. Yeah. And it, it, it does hurt looking back sometimes, like even interacting with them on social media. There's like still that wall up because I just never spoke to them. Yeah. And and they did nothing to me because a lot of times it is. Well, of course, the society like you don't have the support, but then it's also within us to be like, you know what, like you can open up to people. But if you don't feel like you, you have a, a safety net, it's hard. So I spent a long time just being around people that were great, but I just couldn't talk to them. Yeah. And I made it very clear to myself when I moved to L.A. And I was very intentional in saying, like, while I was here, I wanted to be more open. I wanted to work with more queer artists. That was big for me. That was huge for me. I was like, I really need to work with more queer artists, and I need to just be transparent and like my group of friends now is not you know i have some gay friends some straight friends it's really cool to like i have my my group chat my main like best friend group chat is two straight guys a bisexual guy and me wow and the conversations and the way we're able to just go back and forth and i'm like i would have never had this 10 years ago yeah but 10 years ago i wouldn't have taken the chance on anybody
0: of course yeah to
1: be open with them so it's just it's, it's just i'm definitely a symptom of the times you know there's a lot more working in our favor now than there was 10 years ago um, in 2010, clearly, like Frank ocean didn't come out till twenty twelve
0: and that that was what helped me come out Frank mm-hmm. Ocean coming out because my my friends, my close friends were so accepting of Frank Ocean. I mm-hmm. was like, shit, they gotta accept me if, yeah. if they accept this stranger
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> that that was huge. I remember that happening i was I was interning at the source magazine, and it was so funny because um I, again, back then, I nobody I wasn't really open, but they gave me the story to write. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I was like, just like it was like God telling me, like, you need to... You need, and I didn't want to listen to Frank. Like, I didn't want to... I didn't like God. Future, I missed that whole wave. It went right over my head. So I was very, like, anti... I was like, I don't care. Then he came out. I was like, fuck, I need to listen to him. <laughs> so I'm checking it out. And incredible guy, obviously, but just the story and, and, and being able to break that story and be a part of it and realizing, like, oh, you know, people... Don't give a fuck, really, they sw- they yeah. say they do, but nobody cares, yeah, just be genuine and be yourself and um, so that yeah, him coming out super helped me too. um, I used to fucking audition with bad religion everywhere, <laughs> I used to go to the voice, American Idol singing bad religion, like I really soaked in that moment, and it definitely helped me kind of move away from a lot of my fears at that time,
0: wow, man, what's one piece of advice that you would give to queer artists
1: um find your tribe. I'd give that to anybody. Yeah. Honestly, anybody. I think because you, I, I'm definite, I'm the type of person that I, I like to try to find. Um, I like to sympathize with other people and empathize with them. And, and some of the things that we experience as queer men navigating urban music aren't very different than some of the things other people experience. So some of the advice can go to everybody and the truth is like being able to be confident and, and, and feel loved and feel safe. You really just got to find your tribe and you just, you know, you put yourself out there and try to be open to new people and new experiences and you'll really you'll find that the people that you need to attract are gonna come. And sometimes it's not right away, but you know, I'm on my on year five in LA and this year I got to work with two queer artists that I really consider I consider myself a fan of one, but two I actually consider friends, which was which was huge, like being able to bond with them and connect. And just being able to go home And be like I got to do this And, and my friends will tell me You manifested that Like, This is what you wanted That's You bizarre. wanted to work with somebody who's, who's, who's queer And who's out And who's You know Doing some incredible things So You know That would be my advice To anybody But especially queer artists Just go find your tribe Go find people who support you Don't force yourself Into spaces that don't want you We've done that before I mean I can speak for myself But I'm assuming yeah. for you Don't force yourself Into spaces that don't want you That don't make space for you That don't accept you Don't tolerate shit You know You know Just really go take the time and find those spaces it, it might feel like hard work but when you when you lock in those people that shit changes your whole life that's real success for me like money and all that other bullshit aside being able to create every day with people that i care about you know both the queer artists that i work with and my straight friends just everybody that I, i'm able to work with the people i genuinely care about and that's only because i opened up and i was yeah. able to attract them so that's that's the biggest difference for me
0: that's what's up um I want to ask you about collaborating because like I said I have a hard time um collaborating with people on things just because I I almost treat my ideas like my babies. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, it's hard for me to trust people with my kids. So, how do you trust people with your kids?
1: Ah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best person to ask this, only because a good chunk of my collaboration, about 90% of it over the last, like, five or six years, has been for other people. Yeah. So it's never been my kids. I've been, like, a surrogate okay. all this time. Okay. <laughs> I've been, You know, like, I, I you, you come in, you get a brief, and this is who it's for, and this is the idea. Um, But I've been trying to bring some of that um, work ethic into my personal work, because I saw the switch. As soon as it was like, all right, it's time to do your project, I shut down. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to say this, I don't want to say that, I want to... And I'm like, wait a minute, all of the singles for my project, I didn't even write for me. And they've been received well, and I've connected with them. So I'm like, what is it that I'm doing? Like, what is this switch that I'm turning on when it's for me all of a sudden? So I would say mm. going into it, maybe don't hold it so tight. Like maybe, you know, go into collaborating with the intent of it just being what it's going to be. It doesn't have to be your baby. Yeah, it's no, it's our right. baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then find, finding people you trust yeah collaborating is a relationship like me and my main co-writer shout out to chris jackson i don't know if you all can see me anymore but um <laughs> i it's really been a relationship like he's my best friend he's my brother but we've had to develop that trust yeah in in co-writing like really develop it like they were days where like you know i'd be there you know there's of course there's ego there's all that stuff involved and i'd be like fuck my hook could have been better like no, and I had to really learn to trust him and trust myself to the point where like we can go line for line now on a song. Yeah. And really trust each other or be in separate rooms and write verses and come back and the record feels cohesive. But I had to build that trust. So it's it's a it's a work in progress, but I think it's about the intention. If you yeah. go into it, like mine, mine, mine,
0: that's how you going to leave. That's real. That's real. So
1: I that probably doesn't help with stuff that's already in <laughs> in progress.
0: Yeah. But It could though, it could. It it could definitely uh you know, shift the perspective a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, appreciate it's just,
1: that. If, if getting... Honestly, is letting go. Yeah. Letting go. Like, even with the singles that I've put out that I didn't write for myself, even just releasing the mixes. But that's why, again, keeping myself on a schedule, keeping myself accountable has helped me sort of release it. And then, of course, my experience with just everything not being for me has helped me be like, all right, and just throw my hands up and be like,
0: just put it in the world. Let's yeah. see what happens. So... Um, how do you... How do you complete things? Like, how do you not just sit on ideas and just let them sit forever?
1: Um. Honestly, I think what you're doing right now with the freestyles is super helpful. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the force; it's a habit, right? So if you yeah. if you hoard a lot of projects, you're gonna hoard mm-hmm. a lot of projects. If you release a lot of shit, you'll release a lot of shit. Like I, um, for a long time had just catalogs full of songs and was like, when the fuck? Somebody buy these. Like, when can we let, you know? Um, so when it came time to put our own shit out, I was so excited. And then at the last minute, I would get scared. And I'm like, is this the right one? Is this? And it's just like, you know what? Instead of just stressing over one song, last year we put out, like, 15. And that made me feel better. Because I was like, you know what? It's collectively between the team, if we're putting out 15 records, now it's not just about this one song or this yeah, one idea, yeah. you know? And it's it's just the the habit of releasing things. And you learn as you go. I mean, I think a lot of people have that, that I, um, what do you call it? You want the first to be special, right? Like you, everybody, they talk about the first classic first album or classic first book or whatever. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. But a lot of times in real time, in real life, it would be the fourth, fifth, sixth one for a yeah, lot of people. Of course. They don't yeah. tell you that story. Yeah, it will be on their fifth, sixth movie before it hit, or the twentieth book, or three albums in. Just put it out there, and yeah. you learn as you go. That's that's really all I can say. And honestly, it's, it's a rush from putting stuff out. I think once you start releasing things more and more, like I said, you just... It, re- it starts to pick up and you're like, oh, all right. Throw this there. All right. All right. You just, just let everything go. Yeah. But it, it's
0: a buildup for sure. That's what's up, man. I got two more questions for you. Okay. Uh, what is one piece of advice you would like to give to your younger self? Oh, buddy.
1: Hmm. I don't know. Um. If... I can give one piece of advice to my younger self. It would be just do the work. Yeah. I think when you have a talent or you have a a dream, again, a lot of what's advertised to us is the overnight, you know, the somebody found me, the, you know, and and a lot of people don't understand the amount of work that goes into doing what we want to do, even if it's just for fun, like just be excellent, want to be excellent at your craft. And I don't think a lot of the big success stories in music encourage people to want to be excellent. And I would have taught my younger self that because he just thought, like, well, I could sing and I could write a song, so I'm going to be the biggest thing in the world. And he didn't want to do the work. And it wasn't until he was, like, 25, 26, he was like, oh, shit, nothing's happening. Yeah. So that would be be the advice I'd give my younger self.
0: That's what's up. And what's a reminder you would like to give your future self?
1: Have fun. That's it.
0: That's what's up. No, that's... You didn't have to say more than that. <laughs> yeah. That's more than enough. Yep. Where can the people find you?
1: Um, I'm at Yanni Blue everywhere. So That's Y-A-W-N-Y-B-L-E-W. Um, Spotify, Apple. I got a website now. I got merch. Oh, this is my hat. My merch hat. They can't see it no more. It's dark, but whatever. That's um, the- but yeah, Yanni Blue everywhere. I chose a weird name so it could be easy to search. So, I'm the only Yanni Blue. Hopefully, there's no other Yanni Blues. Um, but yeah, I'm everywhere.
0: That's what's up, man. Thank you so much for doing the show. I really do appreciate this. I appreciate you. Thank y'all for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, Please be sure to subscribe, share with your people, and also uh, leave some feedback. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let other people know what you think. Um, Also, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon. We are on Anchor, available for subscriptions. I'm going to start releasing some exclusive episodes for the subscribers. Also, you can buy some merch. Um, I just released some new merch for the podcast. Uh, You can find that link in this bio of this uh in this description of this episode or on instagram it's the art of letting go peace